Hi, and welcome to the first podcast back after holiday break. Well, at least my time off. And we'll uh, talk about the holiday or holidays in just a moment. I'm going to try to keep it quick today. We also have a guest, Cassie, will be on to talk things LC4. And it's dog license season, but details with Cassie shortly. I, I, I thought I might have more to talk about on the first day back. I thought about splitting this all up. I thought about doing like six different mini pods, but... I'll just try to keep the clock in my head going and not linger too long on anything. First things first, from a couple weeks back, like the beginning of my time off um, early last week, um, I saw that the Toledo Police Chief survey, uh, it closed, I think, on the the 18th and 19th. Um, I was disappointed in the fact that only 2,000 people took the survey. I don't know if it's because people didn't know about it. I mean, nobody sees everything. Um, I might see things eight times. You might see them negative eight times. It was a little lengthy, so you had to put a little bit of time in, but no more than like 15 minutes. I could see that there are certain certain pockets of here, but anywhere saying, you know what, it, it doesn't work. I can say whatever and they're not going to listen to me. So cynicism, but uh, just something to keep an eye on if anybody has pushback on who the new Toledo chief is whenever that happens. Just 2,000 people of, what do we have here? We have like under, like a little under 300,000 people. Cut that in half because you have kids. So a very tiny percentage of people took the Toledo Police Chief Survey to offer their input on what that job and what that person should look like. Let's talk about tiny percentages. And with that, um, I should just walk away from this conversation. And I don't know why it, it hit me more this year than in years past because really it's just a shoulder shrug maybe it's because in about 10 days i will have been here 10 years and this is my home and uh one person that helped immediately make this my home is kathy steingraber she was the woman that owned my building st Clair village downtown quick story um i was gonna live somewhere like door and reynolds for 650 bucks a month, get a dog walker. Kathy said, I have this place for $950. i am like, wow, I can, that's, oh, well, I can afford that. I can walk my own dog and live across the street from work. One of the best decisions of my life, one of the best decisions of me being here. Um, her husband, who was so thoughtful, so kind, always, always wanted to have a delightful conversation with me, and he loved the dogs. He absolutely adored the dogs. Uh, Bud passed away within the last couple of days. I know he had been battling some health issues since I can remember almost. So hope he is now at some peace. There are a lot of Steingrabers. But my condolences to Kathy and her whole family. Um, so I've been here 10 years now. And, and I mean, with each passing day, month, year, I get to know a little bit more about you. You get to know a little bit more about me. And I guess that's what got to me. There are... There wasn't anybody specifically, and I'm not trying to make a straw man argument here. I'm not yelling at anybody. One one wild, wild, very long message made its way to me from a, a guy who even believed that there was an email list. There is not. Went on a tirade about how I'm not accepting of other religions and cultures. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You read like three sentences of what I wrote on Facebook and then decided to go on your tirade. Because this is completely inaccurate. Um, but because there is such a t- 
tiny percentage of Jewish people here. As I've mentioned to you before, I've met people who have said, I've never met a Jewish person before. I'm like, yeah, we're not green. Some of us have big noses. I do. Uh, we don't have any antenna. Uh, I don't walk around with a with a, with a Torah. I don't keep a, a keep our yarmulke on all the time. Just totally me. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Um, and as I've said before, I'm able to sympathize, empathize with my friends who are minorities, whether they be black, Asian, Muslim, gay, trans, whatever they may might be, and whether. When they feel somewhat ostracized, a little marginalized, not not to hate, um, but I know how they feel when they feel a little different when it comes to my religion, which I'm, as you might see in the news, somebody said they're Jewish. Um, a girl I know seven or eight years ago said, "I'm I'm Jewish. I'm Jewish. I'm not hardcore by any means. Orthodox." Um, is the or is the the Jews that walk to synagogues on the weekends, uh, avoid electronics during Shabbat, the curly sideburns, things like that. That's not me. So I I aim for this simply to be educational because in the same way that some people here have never met a Jewish person, you you certainly wouldn't understand the religion and the culture. Um, we I don't get offended when somebody says Merry Christmas. I got over that a long time ago and I had to, and I wasn't even very angry with it. But when I was in living certain places, there were more Jewish people. So it was a little more common to say happy holidays or whatnot. But here, there is a very, 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 very high batting average. Like out of a thousand, it's like 997 of people will just say, Merry Christmas. Maybe a happy holidays, never a happy Hanukkah. Because again, you don't need to. And again, that goes back to my numbers here. There are so few Jews here, there's no real need to say Hanukkah because conversely, if you wish somebody a happy Hanukkah, the chances are 9.999 times out of 10, that person's not going to be Jewish. So as the Jewish person that I am, I do not celebrate Christmas. That Again, that very high percentage of Jewish people that I know and grew up with in, in Philadelphia... Um, in Detroit, where there's some pockets of high Jewish populations, I think Oak Park, parts of Southfield, West Bloomfield, West Jewfield. In bigger cities, there are there are very often larger Jewish populations. Not here. It's like there's 2,000 Jews. It's like 0.003% of the Toledo metro area. 600,000 people in Metro Toledo, um, Northwest Ohio. There's 2,000 Jews. It's like 0.003%. So that much less than 1%. Um, what does kind of irk me, especially when you won't hear me out, and there isn't really anybody that's done this. Again, I simply do this to educate, as if I came across someone who was, I was unfamiliar with their cultural background. Uh, my friend with the Filipino food truck, she's become a, a, a megastar, Jerica. I know very, I knew very little about Filipino food and culture. I was happy to to see her on Twitter and put her tweets out there, and this thing became a rock star of a food truck. I like learning about different things. I want you to like learning things too, especially because I think we have a pretty cool, open minded, welcoming religion. Um, if you say Merry Christmas to me, and you know that I'm Jewish, that's where there's a little bit of an issue. Now, again, maybe you don't know. Jewish people don't celebrate Christmas. There are some select few. They are way less Jewish than me. 
what they'll do is they'll celebrate the season of Christmas because really, as as you know, we've gotten very far away from he is the reason for the season. It's become very commercialized presence and we've really forgotten a lot of, you know, why it's there in the first place. Right, right. I, that's not my battle to go to go to war for. Um, there are other people like my brother. Tracy is not Jewish. So they mix it. They have like a Hanukkah tree and they celebrate both. That for all the people that I've been connected with in my life who are Jewish, um, who have violated their grandmother's wishes and dating someone outside the religion, they'll celebrate both. Um, if I were dating someone or with someone, <laughs> um, that I would be doing that, not that it would be outside the religion. I don't think I've ever actually dated anybody who was Jewish. Maybe there was one person or two briefly, but nothing long-term. If I was with someone who was not Jewish, I'd ask that we celebrate both. I would I would like to. I don't celebrate my holidays now because I don't have a lot of people to celebrate them with, family, to do that with. Friends, yeah, like my friends of the Jewish Federation, I don't spend enough time with them. But if I was dating someone in a relationship, um, I would ask that we celebrate Hanukkah. We don't have to do the prayer over the candles. We can just plug in the damn menorah and turn the candles on. Pretty simple. Besides, more gifts. Um, To come up with, it has been very hard to find the right analogy to explain this. Someone wishing me a Merry Christmas who knows that I'm Jewish and that we don't celebrate that would be like, an Ohio State fan rooting for Michigan or vice versa. Uh, It would be like, maybe this is the best example. I I have two better examples, I think. I've thought about this a lot. Uh, You have a vegan friend and you go out to a steakhouse like where they don't have any options. And I mean like no options. Like you know what their beliefs are and you like, you just like dismiss them. Another thing it would be like if somebody said to me now, I love your show on 92.5. I don't work there. It is so funny. I love when you talk about all the Toledo things. I haven't worked there in five years. Oh, God, I just love your show on Kiss FM. <laughs> um, the other way to go about it, and this would be a little bit more troubling, if someone like wanted to forcibly tell me a Merry Christmas. And they utterly dismissed me saying, I don't, I don't sell, I'm Jewish. I, I don't celebrate it. I have zero problem with Christmas. I will eat all your cookies. I will go see Santa. I will take whoever to go to the tree. I have no problem with Christmas. I like it. It's fine. I'm glad that people are so festive. I just hate the fucking weather during this time of year where we live, but I'm fine with Christmas. But for you to be unwilling to say happy Hanukkah if you know that I'm Jewish and you just want to stick with Merry Christmas, it's it's like the worst kind of religious evangelizing. I realize that in this country, about 70% of uh, population is Christian Catholic. I can't do the Protestant and all that stuff, but 70% of the people in this country would celebrate Christmas. Uh, the Jewish percentage is like 2%. In fact, you know what the, I think the next largest number is? It might be Muslim, but I think it's atheism. You might have seen a lot of people are moving away from religion in the last handful of years. And you can understand why. Um, in the largest religions in, in this country, there have been some really abhorrent behaviors over the last several decades. 
Um, but yeah, if somebody wants to force a, a Merry Christmas on me, like I, I don't even the season. Yes, but why are you completely dismissing what I may have already shared with you? Um, it is very precarious for you to push that on me because if you look back in certain parts of history where people have pushed those types of beliefs, we have wound up in some very, very ugly places. One more example that I wrote down because this was a, a lot of collected thoughts. Um, it would be like if I saw you walking out of a church and, sa- and it was this time of year and said, Happy Hanukkah, because that's what I believe in. That would be um, ignorant. You know, all this falls within uneducated. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way, uneducated, ignorant. Sometimes you just don't know things. But then there's willful ignorance. So I would never see you coming out of church and go, hey, happy Hanukkah. I'd say Merry Christmas or happy holidays. Because I'm about 108% certain if you're walking out of a church, you're not Jewish. Um. The funniest part of the tirade that the guy sent to me, I said, if there are any Jewish people that are not in a mixed relationship and they're celebrating Christmas because they like Santa, they like the tree, they like that, that that's fine. Me and my friends, we, we kind of poke fun at them, but fine, do what you want. I said, we remove them from the email list. Like there's a big giant email blast that gets sent out. He thought there was actually an email list, which uh, <laughs> made me disregard the entirety of his argument. Um, you know what? We'll save the other things for later on this week because it's this massive thing. So much money. And as the seed was planted with me, nobody's talking about it. Nobody's ripping it, but nobody's talking about it, good or bad. And it's boggling to me. And this actor that so many of you, when I was watching sports, grew up with on this globally acclaimed show, one of the best on TV ever. I wasn't buying him as a certain thing, but I am all in for him with this now. I I hope I walk through that that Merry Christmas and Jewish thing well enough. Um, it can be thorny, but it got way more serious with some people than I had expected. And again, I was not fishing for, it's the last day, you can wish me a happy Hanukkah. I was just pointing out that Jewish people don't celebrate Christmas for the most part, if at all. So, happy holidays. If you feel uncomfortable doing happy Hanukkah, for whatever reason, happy holidays fits. Um, Okay, let's get to my good friend Cassie from LC4 to talk dog licenses and more things with Lucas County Canine Care and Control. Well, it's been one entire pandemic. I put you on the list, Cassie, since (laughs) that's the last time you've been here. Maybe since I've seen you. Yeah. I I don't know about that. Yeah. (laughs) It's the end of the year. My calendar's been jacked up. I have no idea what day it is. Uh, More importantly, well, one, it's good to see you. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. More importantly, Athena is here. Yeah, she's really the star of the show. She is, and it's it sucks that this isn't uh, this isn't visual, but she's yeah. a very well behaved dog. She is. She's a really good girl. On the car ride here, she just hung out in my back seat, looked out the window, gave me a couple smoochies, and that was it. Is she she is the star of the shelter? She is the star of the shelter right now. Everyone loves her. She was on the news over the weekend, so she's a little bit of a local celebrity. She did great. 
And she's probably one of our most well-behaved dogs we've had come in. She was an owner surrender, so they definitely spent time with her, working on her manners, and she's lovely. Yeah, yeah. I, if you listen, you can't tell that she's even here. Yeah, <laughs> very quiet, no barking. Uh, we'll come back to some of the fun stuff. Let's let's get some of the business out of the way. The calendar's going to turn over, so it's dog license time, right? Let's talk about um, all the particulars with that, and then also like. There are some people who don't know why we need dog licenses, but let's start. Uh, When can we get them? So we actually started selling licenses on December 1st. So it's been going on. You have until the end of January to get your license without a penalty. That's the big one. We don't want to pay extra for anything, right? Times are tough. So make sure you get your license before the end of the year um, or before the end of January. Uh, They're $25. If you miss that deadline, there's an extra $25. So make sure you come down before then. I would like to see you. What what happens? Is there a fine if someone is caught with a dog that isn't licensed for the year? There is. There is a fee because it is the law to license your dog in the state of Ohio. Um, so we enforce those laws. That's part of what we do down at LC4. Um, so make sure you get your dog license. We don't want to cite you for things like that. We just want to make sure your dog is safe and home with you. So if you get them licensed, that's their ticket home. Um, yeah. Tell me about about how this actually benefits the, the dog owner by having that license. Yeah. So your dog is your family, right? They're part of your family. You want to keep your family as safe as possible. And so one of the big ways you can do that is to license them because that is their ticket home. That is an identification that is unique to them. We can look up that number. We have your address, your phone number, all your information. We get your dog back to you. It doesn't necessarily have to come to the shelter even. Right. Um, And as much as I would love to meet your dog, if they can come back to you and I don't have to see them, that's the best for everybody. Yeah. Uh, and and not to be confused, this we can track the dog back to the owner in, all, in most cases with the license, but this is not the microchip, correct? Correct, yes. So in Ohio, this is the important thing about a license. In the state of Ohio, a license shows ownership for your dog. And dogs are considered property. We didn't make up that rule. You know, We don't necessarily feel that way, but that license shows ownership. So it's super important to license your dog because people will see steal people's pets yeah um you know i think they think your dog's cute and now it's theirs but if you have a license it shows ownership for that dog i think one of the weird things in the beginning of the pandemic was people stealing other people's dogs yeah i seem to remember that was like a a few month or a few week thing where dogs were going missing and i wonder i mean everything has been weird for a while it was very weird then maybe people wanted companionship but they couldn't go the more traditional route. And I get it. The world was sideways, but don't take somebody else's dog. Yes. Yeah. Um, it happens all the time. People come down and look for their dogs for months at a time. And it's heartbreaking yeah. when their dog never comes into the shelter. And I know somebody might pick it up, think they're doing the right thing, and they just don't realize the proper channels to find an owner. Um, but so making sure your dog is licensed and obviously microchip, we're big fans of that too, because that microchip stays with them always, um, to get your dog back to you. Let's talk a little bit about the microchip. It is different from buying the license and we'll Mm -hmm. get to some of the neat satellite places where you can buy those, but the microchip is, is downtown with you guys, correct? This is different from the license. Yes. So microchipping is different from a license. You can get your microchip. Um, from us, we have a monthly vaccine clinic where we also microchip dogs. Every dog we adopt out is microchipped. If your dog comes in as a stray, we offer a microchip to you as well. You can get it done at the vet office. Um, and it's that's super important because that microchip is implanted in your dog. And that information stays on that microchip forever. How does that work? Do they like shoot something in? Like how with yeah. the vaccines we're getting Wi-Fi and 7G? <laughs> so it's a larger needle and it injects a tiny little chip. Okay. It's about the size of a grain of rice. A lot of people are like, oh my gosh, that's so painful. 
the dog doesn't really feel too yeah. much. It's just the same as getting a shot. It doesn't matter that the needle's big. Um, the chip itself holds information. So it holds your information. We register it to you. Then, if your dog is found, we have a scanner that pulls up that chip number. We look it up in our system or call a microchip company, and they have all of your information right there. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, to go back to the licenses, <laughs> they're on sale now, $25 per dog. Uh, one of the things I take advantage of, because uh, I'm not living downtown anymore, uh, I go to one of the library locations. Our, now, this has been a thing for a couple of years, although I think there, you can't go to any library location, right? Every library location good. has it. Okay, good. Um, the, some license bureaus have it. Um, all of this is on our website, too, because okay. there are a lot. And randomly in Oregon, you can go to Gladio Do It Best and get your license. What is that? As well. It's a home improvement store. Okay. Um, they just signed up to sell them, and so they are, too. Um, we sell them down at the shelter. Um, the auditor is also downtown, so... You know, you could go either place and online. Online's a big one. I, I like the accessibility of the library, yes. um, especially not living downtown anymore, because I, I think most of us, we, we know that we've got a metro park like five miles from wherever we live, but there's also a library pretty darn close everywhere. I can pop over here to the Heather Downs location and go to the Holland location, and it's great that they all sell them, and it's the, there's no extra price or anything like that, right? Uh, I don't believe so, no. No, nope. I'm fairly certain. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a super simple procedure, yeah. and I've done this several years now, and this is not like where you're going to have some fumbling, bumbling librarian who just wants to give you free books. Like, they know the protocol. You'll be in and out. Yes, they've been doing it for years, yeah. um, and they know when the time's coming. Um so we get them ready to do it. They're the kickoff we do at the downtown library. They know it's coming. Um, and yeah, they've been doing it for years. So they're really efficient. They want okay. to get you in and out. Dog licenses. Let's take care of that, okay? Yes, 25 please. bucks per dog. Uh, let's slide over. Can I ask you uh, about, the, about the new home, which is where Ohio Means Jobs has now moved from because I voted at the new early vote center. So that, yes. that building is probably empty now or preparing for you guys? That building is empty of people. Um, they were moving some things out of there. That building was actually in really rough shape, so they couldn't have stayed there anyway. Um, and so we are going to demolish that building. Hopefully that starts soon um, so that we can build our new shelter over there on Monroe Street. It's an amazing property. It's really close to the Cherry Street Mission. Um, so I know some of the folks that spend time there are really excited to be able to see the dogs. And we're still at that downtown location that was super important to be at a very accessible place for um, the people that we help. I won't hold you to any specific dates or anything, but what is the hopeful <sighs> timeline for this new building that I know um, since I met Laura so many years ago that this building has been much needed? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, it's our current shelter is, is really terrible. Um, we do the best with what we have, but um, the date we have right now is 2024, probably a fall time. Hopefully that stays with it, you know, with the pandemic and um, you know, shortage of supplies and stuff some of the things have been kind of put it's you know, less than two it's less than two years it is yes we'll hope I it wish, happens i wish it was you know as soon as possible but we just have to be patient and work with what we have what what are some of the things that you're looking forward to and maybe some of the ideas will still come to fruition you can still do some brainstorming but just maybe some of the basic fundamental things that you'll have at your disposable your disposal that you might not now yes yeah, so right now the building is too small for the dogs that we house um the kennels are too small. We know this. We don't like it. Um, but we just don't have a place to put any more kennels to have right. a bigger space. So that's going to be a big one. They're going to be bigger kennels with a smaller number in each room. 
There'll be a lot more play yards. Uh, there's going to be a big green space. The ventilation will be better. The flooring will be better. The kennels will be better. Everything will be better. And we're just, we cannot wait. It's going to be so great. We're going to help so many more people. You mentioned Cherry Street, and I don't think they allow animals in there, right? Uh, they don't. We've taken okay. dogs over there a couple of times, but the residents cannot bring their pets there. Right. So, I mean, I, I could see with you guys, because you're on the outskirts of downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, before I knew that you were there, I drove by, by you a thousand times. So I think being closer to the heartbeat of downtown, like Cherry Street and some of those other spots, not to just pick them out for what they are, but just mm-hmm. closer to the hub of things, that'll maybe allow you some more partnerships and syner- synergies. Like you're closer to the library in this case, where you could walk some dogs over during the middle of the summer where they have a lot of afternoon activities, right? Yes. Yeah. There's a lot more places for our volunteers and our staff to, to be able to get our dogs out to be seen. Um, you know, a lot of people drive by the shelter. They don't realize what, that it's a shelter because it just looks like a brick building. Right. Um, but they, our neighbors have seen our dogs being walked. And so I know, you know, we know that dogs are great for mental health, right? So to be able to help those people at the mission or just be more really accessible to people, for people to come down and volunteer, um, I'm really excited about it. Good. Yeah, I'm excited that this building, I mean, I... When I saw the announcement and saw the date, it seemed like a long way away, but it was it was a big first step to get somebody to commit to this. Yes, yeah, and it's a huge undertaking. Um, you know, the the space that we need is not going to be as quick as we would love, um, but we have to be able to expand to make room because there are so many dogs in Toledo and so many that need our help and so many people that need our help with their dogs. So to be able to have the space for them to be able to live comfortably until they find another home is super important. You've probably answered this question a hundred thousand times. So go for a hundred thousand and one <laughs> uh, pandemic forward. What have been more of the challenges as if you needed any more in what you do with these animals? What are the new things that have come to plague animals and, and how we try to help dogs in our community? So we, and it's not just us, it's everyone, is seeing a huge influx of dogs come in um, and not as many adopters. So we don't know if it's because people are really struggling and they can't afford to adopt a dog, if people are breeding, if people were having trouble getting their dogs altered. I think that was a big one. Yeah, so that kind of had a little population boom. Um, People like puppies, so they want their dog to have a litter of puppies. And yes, puppies are very cute, but then what happens to them? after right um you know can those people keep them forever do they end up with me at the shelter like you know are they strays and so there's just too many dogs and not enough adopters right now yeah that's the thing that's the thing that i keep hearing and and Mm -hmm. i i i've encountered this a couple of times not on an emergency level but i've wanted to get one of my dogs in and i don't know if other vets are doing this but there's is it a medical need or is it like annual shots? Because if it's annual stuff, we're just going to bump you out a little bit. And I know a lot of vets who are short-staffed like a lot of places have had to get creative with who and who they help and when they help them. And, and that can obviously lead to maybe like some older adults or people with illnesses. Same thing with animals, but also these dogs not getting fixed. And before you know it, they're... We had a, I know we had a stray problem over the, in the spring, right? Yes, with yes. cats. Yes, which is not your thing, but they're still animals. No, absolutely, and it's kind of the same thing. Um, you know, we needed to save our resources, our medical resources, because veterinarians use a lot of the same things as human medicine. Yeah. And so, during the pandemic, we needed everything we could get for humans. 
And so dog and cat surgeries are put on the back burner. How about how about real recently? Uh, like we've hit winter and I'm sure you were very busy going into the storm last week and the news hit you up and like, how can we keep our pets safe in the winter? The same thing you would do with yourself, you dummy. Yes. Um, how about a more professional answer? <laughs> so, um, yes, don't uh, let your dog go out unattended. Um, We saw a bunch of people who were looking for their dogs that ended up as strays during Mm. those cold times. And it breaks my heart because some of them haven't come to the shelter. So we don't know where they are. Did they not? Were they not able to survive? Did someone pick them up? Um, We've seen dogs with frostbite and, you know, they were really suffering. Toledo Humane was busy, busy, busy out there picking up dogs without shelter. Um, You know, if you can't go outside without a coat on, your poor little pit bull can't go outside either. Yeah. What are some other... I would always kind of like yell at a cloud going, if you don't understand how to treat an animal in weather like this, maybe you shouldn't have a pet. But I'd rather you have the pet and have the knowledge to take care of the pet in this. Like when we had those like sub-zero or single-digit temperatures late last week, Mm -hmm. like how, and I know every dog, like every person is going to tolerate things a little differently, but how long could they be out like something like that? Like maybe the... Their paws can't handle it, but the coat can or vice versa. Correct. Yeah. Some dogs with long fur, their body is great, but their paw pads, nose and ears, tails, genitals are another one. Um, They can't withstand them. Yes. (laughs) They can't withstand that. Um, You know, so frostbite is a really big concern and it minutes. Um, So you're talking like under five minutes? Yeah. A a dog with short hair, especially a small dog, a senior dog, they can't withstand those temperatures. So we are talking minutes. You're going to have to do many quick trips outside because I know like we were just talking before we came on. Yeah. Our dogs were like not about going outside to go potty in the snow. So, I mean, you just got to make do with what you have. And I know that like a lot of people don't bring pets inside their house. I know that's a thing. That's fine, but you have to be able to provide proper shelter, like you said. There are steps you need to take to provide adequate shelter for them, and we want to help you. You know, we can educate you and tell you all the things you need to do so that you can keep your pet um, at your house. Yeah, nobody wants to lose their their pet. No. um, For a variety of reasons. Uh, Let's move on a little bit. What kind of things, I know you're always looking for for, for items in need, Mm -hmm. blankets, peanut butter, whatever they may be. What's, What's top of the list that people might be able to help out with and might even be inexpensive? Yes, yeah, so the cheapest thing you can do is to follow us on social media and share our stuff. That is free for you everybody. Do, you do plenty well with <laughs> shares. Whenever I see a post, it's got yeah. like 372 shares. Yeah. And I'm hoping that people are doing a little bit more than that and swooping in to help out with yes. some of those causes that you ask for. Yes, so that's like the base thing. Um, we are so thankful. Our community is incredible. And if I ask for something on Facebook, people will step up and they will provide that for us, for the dogs. Um, so our top needs always are canned food. We go through that really quickly. We just had a really big donation drive. We got lots of amazing things um, that'll last us for a while. But, you know, we have 180 dogs often, 170 dogs. It goes through food and treats really quickly. So canned food is a big one. Anything that's really high value treat wise. So like hot dogs and cheese sticks and things like that, because we send our dogs to training and, um, you know, they're tired of the good old milk bones. They need something that's really tasty and smelly. Um, and pretty much anything dog dog related a lot of people will ask if we take gently used things from their pet absolutely yeah our dogs are not picky and actually i think that toys that come from a home where there was another dog are even more engaging because there's a smell on there they smell amazing and they'll pick those out of the toy box athena she's crying now 
No one's paying attention to her. I apologize. Um, she can't, if she if she would bark a little bit, I'd get her to say something on the or to bark on the mic. But here we are. I know. Yeah. So they pick out those gently used toys over the new ones. So don't People, don't be ashamed to bring us your stuff. We'll take it. They can just bring the stuff. What, uh, any other kind of like a monetary angles that people could help you out with? Is there any like slot on the website they can throw a debit card at or something? Absolutely. So Cuties Fund is yes. something that we use all the time. (laughs) That's for the injured Um, dogs, right? That is for dogs that need medical care. Um, We saw a lot of them over this little cold snap of dogs who were hypothermic. Um, We love MedVet, but you know, it's expensive to take our dogs there, but they do an incredible job. So donations to Cuties Fund, super, super helpful um, to help us save those dogs. So there's 180 dogs in there right now? About, yeah. Um, The ideal number would be zero, (laughs) but what would be a, a reasonable ideal number? Uh, yeah, definitely less. 180 is the the top for us. I um, mean, you know, we, we take them in no matter what. We right. we make it work. But um, if we could have less dogs, so that I, as much as I love Athena, if she didn't have to stay up in our office, that would be lovely. Um, so, who are uh, maybe some of the stars that? Like Athena, seems like a star, but she's still there with you. I know it it, does, it might not convey real well, but mm-hmm. describe to me some of the stars right now that people might want to come and either visit the shelter or hop online, Lucas County Dogs, right? Yep, LucasCountyDogs.com. Athena is incredible. She gets along with everybody. She loves other dogs, kids, people, everyone she's ever met in her whole life, best friends. We don't know about cats pretty much for anybody, so just take that you know, with a grain of salt. We advise you how to, to deal with those introductions. Um, Sweet Little Jack is another one. He's been with us for a long time. Really good boy. Loves people. Um, we have a dog named Yahtzee who is an angel. So cute. She has this cute little eyebrow. A big star. Same. They're just so outgoing. They love people. They love love. Um, so they'd make a great addition to any family any type Yahtzee, of family dynamic. Jack Athena Athena what are, what are some of the challenges that people might have come in with and obviously you talk about great dogs I'd adopt all of them if I if mm-hmm. I could uh, what are some of the things that keep people from maybe adopting a dog not not that you you find them um, that they'd be going to a poor home but what do people say we'd love to do this and what is what's usually like a challenge for them to go through with it? Um, a lot of people, uh, the uncertainty about cats are a big one. They don't know if they're going to get along. I get that. I have cats at home. Um, so I would be very picky about my friend that I brought with me. Um, Will you let people, because there's a big scary sign on the door that says, no cats. Yes. <laughs> Can people, like, I know you encourage people to bring their dogs that you have to meet a potential adopted dog. Yeah. Can you do the same with cats? Um, that doesn't usually work out very well. Okay. Your cat is not going to want to come and see me. I love cats. I'm a cat person, first and foremost. So we do foster to adopt. So you can take that dog home and see. We te- we give you all the information to do a good introduction so no one gets hurt. And if it doesn't work, there's no shame there. You bring that dog back. Then we know. That's something right. we didn't know before. Um, we might find out that they rode really well in the car on the way home. They jumped up on the couch and had good manners. Those kinds of things are important to know because some of these dogs are strays and we have yeah. nothing to go on. Uh, yeah, I think that's important to, to remember. They're in your care. You see them a bunch, but there's just certain things, especially in a stressful environment like that. If they get to be relaxed a little bit, maybe their behavior changes. And that's not something that you have prior knowledge of. Absolutely. Yes, we can talk all day about what we see. And then they go home and they finally get that chance to relax and decompress. And their real personality comes out. Right. Um, you know, a friendly dog is still going to be a pretty friendly dog when they go home. But sometimes we have dogs who don't show super well. And people are really scared to take that chance. And they go home and they're incredible. 
I've I've seen some animal encounters, some with mine, where my dogs are good dogs, your dogs are good dogs. There was one dog that I came to uh, almost adopt with, with you, mm-hmm. I think before you got there, with Diddy. And this dog was the sweetest girl in the world. I'm like, this is going to be the perfect couple. She wanted to rip his face off. Yeah, like, some dogs she don't was like terrified. each other. Yeah, it's just like people. Not everyone gets along with everyone. Bad vibes. Yeah, and to expect that isn't always fair. So um, just because a first one of our dogs didn't get along with your dog doesn't mean that we won't find somebody who does. And sometimes people come in and their dog loves daycare. They love their neighbor's dog. And the shelter is a little stressful and they're like, I, don't know, I just don't feel comfortable. So that's why Foster to Adopt is really great because you get that chance to see how they're going to interact outside of that really stressful, smelly dog environment. I know, last couple of questions. I know there have been yeah. a, a bunch of grants uh, locally, all over, to get dogs out of shelters that have reduced the cost for adoption. So, what are we mm-hmm. looking at for adoption fees, at least in the near term? Yes. So our typical adoption fee is $100 plus a license, but we also have a lot of sponsored dogs where their adoption fee is a little bit less based on how long they've been with us. Um, Some of them have a sponsored adoption fee from somebody who donated money um, or because they've been with us for a really long time because we do have some long stays. Um, So, And I think that's a pretty good, reasonable price. Um, Our your dog, when you adopt from us, is spayed and neutered. They have their microchip, important. Um, They come with a license already vaccinated all those kinds of things so excellent it's, it's a pretty good pretty good deal for a friend if the one doesn't work out there's 179 more for you to look at absolutely we will find you a friend uh we have till the end of january to get dog licenses library locations that one place in oregon gladio do it best and of course downtown right yes what's the address again 410 south erie street right on the outskirts of downtown and everything else we've talked about and anything else we didn't get to is at lucascountydogs.com right absolutely and you can see all of our beautiful babies on our website